Hey everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of Working With Humans. My name is Matt Phelan, and I am here with the amazing Kevin Wifane. Um, How are you, Kevin? I'm very well, thanks, Matt. How are you? Um, I'm good, I'm good. I'm in, um, I'm in your, old, um, your old area of North London in Enfield. Uh, where, oh. are you, where are you today, Kevin? I'm in Detroit, uh, sunny Motown. Nice. And um, I'm just going to read out... Um, your very impressive uh, LinkedIn description, which is uh, Senior Legal Director and Group Ethics and Compliance Director, Culture Builder, uh, DE and I Influencer. Um, but and also, I found you've created a little uh, image in the background there, and I think you've got a Japanese word um, in it. Um, ikagi, is that how you say it? Uh, it's Ikigai. Ikigai, so I yeah. got that totally wrong. <laughs> uh yeah it's uh something i found i was introduced to last year when i guess i was trying to find my purpose in life uh yeah and i think it that resonated with me but the, i guess the easiest way to translate it is uh the reason for getting out of bed right nice yeah yeah no i like it um so kevin um question number one which all our guests uh, have to answer um which is what makes you happy? Uh, I think the single most thing that makes me happy is spending quality time with my wife and, and kids. Um, I don't get to spend as much time as I want with my daughter because she's in Taiwan, but uh, that makes me extremely happy when I get to speak to her or see her and just spending time and hear my son laugh is amazing. And, and seeing my wife smile when me and my son are laughing, it also <laughs> makes me so happy. Yeah, oh, it's beautiful. And I have to have a disclaimer for um, for anyone, just in case you find it out later, that Kevin is, is his wife is actually my cousin. So <laughs> we'll get that out early. Um, so, Kevin, you've got obviously, I don't know how to describe it, but you've obviously got that legal side to your career. Yep. But then you've got this D&I bit. Like, how did that all come about? Was it what what did you start with? How how did that actually you get doing the DNI? Did was it have you always been doing that, or has that been something you've added on recently? Added on recently. Um, so you know, I had a strange career, but I, I qualified as a lawyer. It's always what I wanted to do. I guess uh, after watching LA Law, I thought <laughs> I could be like that. Uh, it's not yeah. quite like it seems on TV. Um, and then I think in the last couple of years, I've been thinking about. Um, DNI, and I think it's driven by the fact that I have a daughter. Um, her mum is also a lawyer, so it's like, well, you know, let's look at our profession. She could end up being a lawyer. This profession isn't great for the DNI. Um, and I, I was thinking back to when I was in private practice in places like Hong Kong and and China, and the number of women in the junior ranks of of law firms, and there was quite a lot. It's pretty even. But yeah. then as I, you know, you look up the ladder and at the partnership and particularly equity partnership, it, it's like, where, where, where are these 50, there was 50% what's happened to all of these people. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, and then looking at the race side as well, that just, you know, I, I've never actually worked on any matter with a black lawyer and I've worked all over the world and I've never had a client who's a black person, like a general counsel. I've never had that opportunity. Uh, to actually work on a transaction uh, with them. And now I'm in-house. Um, uh, I, don't, I, I don't see that. I mean, I do work with, we have um, 
women lawyers with our, in our team. Uh, so that's really good at director level as well. Uh, and you know, there's only six people in our in our legal functions. <laughs> there's only so much room, but we 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 do have that. Um, but also the fact is, I've got a daughter. She's mixed race. She may go into law. So it made me start thinking a couple of years ago. Uh, time's running out. I need to make it a little bit better. My niece yeah. is in her early twenties now, and she's st almost finishing up studying law, and she's going to go into the profession. And it's, yeah. I, I, it just needs to be better. It's it's yeah. nowhere near where it should be, and it isn't. Everybody says it's so hard, but I don't believe it is. I just think it just takes people to want to make a change. And yeah. when I'm being specific, I'm talking about the privileged people who are at the top of the tree to make want to make a change. Yeah, I, I just think I think that's well. There's no better reason for doing it, Kevin. Um, I, the next question I think you've already answered. I don't know if you want to add anything to it. Why Why is DNI important to you? Is there anything that you haven't covered in that bit? Uh, yeah, a couple of things, actually. I mean, obviously, from a personal perspective, I want to make the world a bit better place for, for my daughter, for my niece, but also like, I've got a son who's mixed race. He's going to get prejudiced, I'm sure, and I don't want him to. He hasn't experienced, he's only three and a half, so I don't believe he's experienced anything, and I, I, I don't want him to. So I'll do everything I can to make the world a bit better uh, in that respect. But also, it's just the, the right thing to do. Um, yeah. And you know, we, I'm sure we'll talk about this, but there's you know for people who need the money reason for doing it it drives it drives uh improvement in bottom line that's a fact yeah um and that 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 brings us on really kevin for the main reason that that we wanted to get together because you you brought to my attention um a report called diversity wins yeah um so i just wanted you to sort of i'm hoping people will hit listen to this and look it up but um should we kick off with what 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 does diversity wins means and and what you took from that report? Yeah, okay. So um, I've been looking at sources. You know, my my sense is that and has been that companies with greater high trust companies, trust companies with integrity and and who are more diverse are financially better performance. Not necessarily in immediate short term, but certainly over longer term periods. Um, but that was a sense, and so I've been starting to look around to, is there any data to back up this theory? Yeah. And turns out there's a ton of data, actually, by companies such as McKinsey. So McKinsey put together uh, this particular report that I shared with you, and it relates to 2019 findings, uh, where they looked at uh, a data set which comprised of 15 countries, including the UK and US, and over 1,000 um, large companies. And what it essentially says in a, in a nutshell is companies that at the executive and board level, uh, which are both gender and eth uh, ethnic um, and cultural diverse, uh, yeah. perform financially better than their peers, which are not. Um, yeah. And to the point where that gap between those companies that are more diverse at leadership level compared to those that are least is increasing. So what does that tell me? That tells me that it actually pays to be more diverse, but not just diverse, include, you know, the diversity is one element. And I think it, it's used as a generic term here. It's always becoming to be used as generic, but it's really about the inclusion. And inclusion is where you engage and you fully include the people so that they, they, they retained and they contribute 
to the company's success uh, and they're engaged and they feel engaged to do that then those companies actually perform better and that's where inclusion wins yeah um and in terms of in, in terms of the data side of it mm-hmm. um let's say um let's say we've we've uh, let's, let's make up a, a global company it's got ten thousand people yeah. um and we've got a middle manager that's listening to this and they've believed this before but now they've, they've looked up this McKinsey report they've looked up some other stuff and now they've got their data have you got any advice um for someone who's in that position who, who, who wants the company to change um, and take on some of this stuff and to listen to what's out there. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know how much it's going to be moving a meter on any of this. I'm, I'm hoping that some of the actions I, I will do, I guess in a similar position, we'll, we'll do that. But it's firstly, share this data with um, the C-suite, the executive leadership. Um, hopefully in your organization, you feel psychologically safe to do that uh that you can you know break ranks from having to keep working up the chain of command and you can you know approach somebody in the c-suite and say look i've got an idea here's something i'm happy to chat about it um if you're not then i guess utilize the uh the um the chain of command and, and and try try and have those conversations but also amongst your peer group uh, because if there is a groundswell at the operational level, uh, it will help leadership take note. Um, and, you, you know, ultimately, it's beneficial for the leadership that it makes the leadership's job easier where it is the middle management um, saying, look, we need to do this. What resources can we uh, put towards it? Like, And, you know, diversity, equity and inclusion doesn't have to be super expensive yeah you know because a lot of it is about people skills it's about actually breaking down uh some barriers it's the way that we approach meetings it's the way that we recruit you know those things are not necessarily costly to to fix um so there's so many different things you can do to try and tackle it but i would say start talking about in your organization and sharing the data to back up what you're saying if that's not working, you know, maybe buy shares in your company and then you're a shareholder if you don't have options yeah. or, <laughs> and then write to the brokers and to the investment funds that hold shares and say, look, I'm a shareholder and uh, um, my company, I believe, could be performing this percentage better because if they had a more diverse executive team and leadership team and, uh, you know, as a shareholder, I don't feel like I'm getting sufficient returns. And, you know, if if a lot of people start doing that, then I think the funds and investment houses will start having to put pressure themselves. Yeah. Uh, and you'll see roadshows which are very much more geared around this is what we're doing to increase our intrinsic value and our shareholder returns. Yeah, I am um, on this subject. I, I don't know because we didn't discuss this before, Kevin, but it... Um... If anyone's watched the John Amici um, video on uh, bite size on white white privilege, if you haven't, um, it's a really simple way to help people in your business understand. And um, I'd highly recommend if you if you're listening to this to Google it um, because it kind of puts that kind of that argument to bed and brings people together rather than dividing people. Um, have you have you listened to that one, Kevin? At all? I've not no, but I will do after this. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll send you the link and post up the link with with this podcast. Um, 
No, that's so no, that's really good advice on, on, on how to deal with that in an organization. Um are DNI and Happiness Linked and Kevin, you've been helping us design our um one of our equality products. Um through those conversations, what we've talked about, do, do you think DNI and happiness are linked? Some some people might think we're crazy for even asking this question. <laughs> Uh, I guess it is crazy in the sense that uh, I think the answer is sort of yes, obvious, um, like with many things. Uh, yeah, it they're not um, symbiotic, I wouldn't say, you know, um, but DNI in itself, diversity doesn't necessarily change an organization's engagement levels. It's uh, It's the equity and inclusion part that really, if that is focused on, then what that drives is trust. It drives psychological safety and it drives engagement. And from if yeah. people feel engaged, that means they're happy. They, they're enjoying their work. You're not engaged. You don't generally engage in a deep level with something you're, you're not happy about. You know, you might, you might be the guy, you might go and do the job and it'd be a perfectly adequate job, but you haven't put your soul into it. And people, yeah. employees who genuinely uh are engaged they 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 lose sense of time space and everything because they're so focused they're in that flow i guess of yeah of the moment and the work and you know the, the moments that i have that and i come out of that are probably some of the best moments i have at work when i feel yeah. like oh wow that moment I, I was so lost in this piece of work i didn't yeah. even know you know i've had those days where you end up you look up and you're like oh my word i've got to i've got to get in a car and get home i'm gonna miss dinner yeah. um that sort of thing and and yeah so does it driving uh d and i if done well will drive happiness and yeah. happiness will will get people engaged in your business yeah i love that this, this is one of the quotes just from the john amici thing um because one of the one of our one of the things we see in the happiness research is is, is how important relationships are mm -hmm. um and you obviously talked about your family but but same at work um, I'll just read it out. There is nothing but a benefit to understanding our, our own privileges, white and otherwise. It brings us closer to those who are different. Um, and I think it's just such a good point because you're not going to be able to build relationships with a diverse group of people unless you understand each other. Yeah. You know, it's funny, actually. I think about, you know, so as you know, Matt, I've, I posted quite a bit about the racism that I experienced throughout my life. But there was, you know, a number yeah. of situations when I was growing up and sort of makes me laugh it's like um you know where uh people have said a racist slur but but kevin you're all right you know oh we don't like those people but you're you're all right kevin yeah <laughs> you know and i guess it's connection uh and it's like um you know the sort of thing where you know, not to get too political but brexit and you look you listen to some of the conversations of 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 people that they've had and and then it's been regurgitated i guess somewhere else but um they've said things like oh yeah yeah you know we, we, we we're really not happy with all the immigrants here oh, so you, you don't like that really traditional italian restaurant you go well no 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 they're all right we know yeah. them. We, we know <laughs> them well that's that's do you're connected you have a connection and uh i love that the world now is so connected in so many ways and you can connect with you know i've got to say covid for me has been transformative in terms of connecting with people that i you know grew up with in a in a much more regular and 
and deeper way, but also all of these people I'm meeting from all around the world. And, and I've got to say diversity and inclusion and really deciding that I'm going to, I'm going to step up. Yeah. I've got a platform and I've got some views and I'm going to share those views because I think they're the right, the right thing to do. And I've connected with so many people, including yourself, Matt. I, mean, I know yeah. Claire's your cousin, but through, through part of that is the way we've connected. Yeah. Agreed. Um, I also think, I know you've worked in Hong Kong and we've worked in um, Shanghai and Beijing. And one of the things that has been quite scary around the COVID thing is how um, certain, I know you won't even say his name, you're just calling the president, um, <laughs> have sort of politicalised that and, and called it like, the, the what, the Chinese virus and all that kind of stuff. And I even, the, the amount of openly abusive stuff about Chinese people in the UK at the moment is just disgusting. Yeah. Like so, someone said to me the other day, they're never going to go to a Chinese restaurant um, because of what the Chinese have done with COVID. And it's like, do you honestly think that 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 that, that entrepreneurial family that live in Chinatown in London have, even if it wasn't something to do with the Chinese government, <laughs> which you don't know, it's definitely got nothing to do with that family that are living in Chinatown in London. It's just unbelievable. Yeah, it's um, it's really horrible. My my daughter's half Taiwanese, so. Uh, I think it's just disgusting. I've got, you know, some really, really close friends. Uh, I've got a friend who's American. His wife's from Shanghai. They're, they're kids mixed race, right? And half Chinese. Yeah. And what, what, I I just don't get it. Um, I think it's just, it's just ridiculous stupidity. Um, yeah. The biggest problem I have is that um, these are people in power. And yeah. it's a fact, you know, when I look at just even my job, I talk about people mimic behaviours of their leaders and managers. Yeah. So if you're president of a country and you're saying these sorts of things very publicly or your senior officials are, there are going to be huge amounts of people that don't really question it because they want to, they mimic that. They want, If the president says it, it's got to be true, right? Yeah. If, if, if the senior officials say it, it's got to be true. I mean, they won't be in those positions if like they didn't know what they're talking about yeah and that is the problem and then it, you you just then play into the hands of people who really want these divisions and what are you getting like any country uh maybe except china but even still that there, there is stomach scent the, the companies that the countries that have been successful have been successful through immigration america is a great example of that america yeah. wouldn't be a financial superpower that it is without immigration. If you look at the tech industry itself, yeah. how many people of uh, different backgrounds, not necessarily white European backgrounds, have started and run tech companies? Yeah, Huge it's unbelievable. It's, and, you know, uh, that that's because America embraced that. Like, yeah. You know, and now you're trying to say, well, hold on, we're going to look at the most populous country in the world and and completely try and sever ties yeah i, I think you know that, that clearly there are political issues that need to be addressed but at the same time you don't need to bring race into it yeah. and try and and that's what you're doing by right? things like the chinese virus it's it's ridiculous yeah and i i, I think we're all thinking of that um spider-man quote aren't we with, with great power comes great responsibility <laughs> mm-hmm. um but it but you're right it does i mean it, it, i find it it's, it's difficult as a parent because you're trying to teach your parent, your, your children to act in one way and then you turn the TV on and you see someone acting in another way and you think, geez, that's, that's not helping my case. 
to get yeah. my children to treat it. But um, let's move on. Let's 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 move on to the last question, Kevin. Um, on a on a more um, um, optimistic future. Yeah. Um, how do you build a happy and inclusive culture? All right. If we're talking in a in a corporation or an, or an organisation, it doesn't have to be a profit making one. I think this has to start at the very, very, very top. So, uh, board, or if there's no board, C-suite, or executive level, it has to have a dialogue between themselves about what are our values, what are our core values, what do we stand for, what's our mission, our purpose as an organisation. Just, but even what is my purpose? What do I see? Because they set the tone and none you can put in as many plans as you want you can you can roll out as many programs as you want and, and try and do different little things but it won't work unless the tone is set from the top and you know sometimes people talk about well let's build you know you build from the bottom not with things like this this comes this and, and ethics and integrity comes from the very very top and it failed they fail often because it isn't embraced so you can get organizations with little pockets so as a manager, like I treat my team in a certain way. I, I try and do everything I can to really have yeah. both a diverse and inclusive team. And I think we perform well. And I hope some of that is gets reflected to other teams in the organization. But unless it's driven from the very top, it is not doing anything. So I think the leadership has to engage, find out what, how far they can go, or at least set, set some targets for themselves, then engage with the organization and not not the people that look exactly the same as you, but the wide organization. And that doesn't mean you go out and just target every black person, or every woman or every person from Asia in your organization to say, just tell me what to do. No, you, you have focus groups, which, which reflect um, the communities in which you are. Yeah. And, 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 and understand what are the, what are the issues? Like I remember saying the other day on, on a, on a, on a call, well, you know, when I go to a pub in, in, places like England and UK, uh, which I enjoy doing. Um, but when I walk in, the first thing I do is look for the different exits, just in case something kicks off, and particularly in places that I don't know. Uh, right? And or... I mean, I think for those, for those like myself that, I mean, white privilege talked about a lot, isn't it? Um, mm. I think it's an example of not something that I would have ever considered before. So it's, that's a really powerful story for you to, to share, Kevin. Yeah, it's, it's things like that. And it's to understand. So, you know, a, a person, a black person who in America drives to work every day in their nice car, they've done pretty well. Uh, but they get, you know, they get stopped on the way to work and then they go in and they're expected to perform at that nine o'clock meeting beyond the ball. And it's like they've got that extra baggage and that stress, which other people don't have. And it's I think people need to understand that to then address, well, what you know, maybe maybe they're not going to be on top of their game first thing in the morning. Let's reschedule this so that I've had time to yeah. like decompress a little bit um, to, and allow for that. And that's, that's part of the equity side of yeah. it. So, you know, there's, I think every action has to be built around the culture of the company and what you want that to be. And for some companies that is going to be, easier steps because they're well on the way to having strong cultures and it's like well we weren't inclusive enough so what could we do around inclusion or actually we have inclusion but we didn't really focus on equity so we've sort of said well the door's open everybody go for it and we yeah. include you but that hasn't given taken into account that 
not everybody starts from the same place. Um, so to companies where they have completely not focused on this at all, to an extent that some of it just avoided it because it's too hard and not enough people are pushing for it. And now it's people pushing for it. Oh, we've got to do something. And it's in one way that gives you a great opportunity to really look at your culture and say, where can we be in five, 10 years time? Where do I want to be? Yeah. Even if I'm not going to be here, what's my legacy going to be? That's what like, yeah. if I was a, a 60 in my 60s as a CEO, I'd be thinking, yeah, I've done a great job. I think we've done well. And, you know, I can look back on this career with great pride, but my legacy really should be something that outlasts when I leave and yeah. eventually gets forgotten. Yeah, Kevin, um, this has been absolutely fantastic. Everything from sharing the, the data on how this is just the no-brainer through to the personal stories that bring it to life. But the power, most powerful thing for me that you said is, the, the personal mission on there about wanting to leave work in a better place for your children. I think there'd be a lot of people listening, um, whether you've got children or not, about leaving the workplace in a better better place for the next generation. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just leaves me one final thing to say, Kevin, which is thank you. Really appreciate your time and I'll let you get back to your family. Matt, thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate your opportunity. Thanks, Kevin. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks.